Welcome to the Rags to Riches podcast. This is a podcast that we have started here at Souls Harbor, um, basically highlighting testimonies of people who have come to know Christ and are involved in ministry, some form or another. Um, and today we have one of my good friends and a fellow minister here at Souls Harbor, Brother Kerry Kazee. So today we want to kind of just let him kind of tell his testimony, tell where he's come from and what God has done for him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's an honor to be on here and give my testimony. Uh, got to thinking the other day when he asked me to do this, kind of where I wanted to start. Um, we'll just take you way back to when old Hick was a puppy. Um, see here, I, I grew up in, uh, I mean, somewhat religious family. My, my grandparents brought me to church at a young age. Um, I started getting involved with church there, and uh, my parents got involved with church. Um, I, I really, the, the thing I liked about church was the pastor I grew up under. He, he was very involved with people. He was a very good man, uh, Brother Elmer Pursuer. And um, that was my connection to the church. Um, of course, I was young. I didn't really know a lot about the Bible, but... It was just, you know, this, he, he took interest in people. And, um, you know, I ended up, he uh, he resigned from ministry and everything, and that was my connection. I felt like my connection kind of died there. Um, and ended up, they were, they were looking for a pastor. Me and my buddy, uh, Jake Bryant, we, we were young. He had preached a couple sermons before it. I'd never preached before. I'd, uh, but I always I looked up to my pastor, and that that was what I told everybody from a young age. I wanted to be a preacher because of him, and uh, so we started filling in and preaching until they found a pastor there. And in the meantime, um, our, our my buddy Jake ran into a friend Joe Nelson. We uh, ran into him in town, and we all sit down and, and had supper and everything. We got to know him. And uh, he, he invited us to church. And I never asked what kind of church it was or anything. Ended up, the way it fell on Wednesday night, we would preach at 5 o'clock at the church was going to. And then Souls Harbor would have church at 7. So we made it to two services. And I walked in, and it was a Pentecostal church. And I'd had, I'd had a bad experience at a Pentecostal church before. And I told myself, I'll never go back to one. So the Lord knew what it was going to take for me to come to an apostolic church. So he just, he hid that from me. And I came in and I'll be honest, like it, it wasn't nothing like the experience that I had. Um, I loved it here. We, we ended up, you know, over time transitioning to Souls Harbor and everything. And, um, but I, I never pursued my calling. When, when I came to Souls Harbor. I didn't have the Holy Ghost at the time, so it was just something that I didn't pursue. Um, and it's one of those things, when God gives you a gift, he, he don't take that gift away. So I would get sermons in my head, and I couldn't use them. I, I started getting discouraged. And I remember at a point in time, I, was, I wasn't where I needed to be, and I was just feeling discouraged. I, I, I was 
just, I didn't feel like I'd ever preach again. And um, Brother Joe called me up one night. He said, hey, they're having a youth service at Bethlehem Church. Brother Brother Loveless is preaching. And uh, I started not to go, but for some reason I ended up there. And I'll never forget, it's probably one of the most impactful sermons on my life. He got up there and he he preached, if you love my, if you love me, then feed my sheep. And I was sitting there discouraged. Uh, I'd, I'd probably say backslid. I, I wasn't just out into crazy stuff, but I, you know, I'd probably say I was backslid. And um, but he's talking about Peter, how Peter had denied Christ three times, and Peter went back to what he is doing. He is out fishing and everything. And Jesus came to him. He said, "Do you love me?" He said, then feed my sheep. He said it three times. I believe that's a representation of the three times that Peter denied him. And I remember in, the, in that service, I feel like that was the time that God was pulling on my heart to say, I still want you to do this. I still want you to feed my sheep. And it wasn't overnight. I didn't, I didn't, you know, get behind a pulpit immediately. But it was that little bit of hope that that said, hey, one day, you're still going to do this. And uh, I, I went through some things in life through there. I ended up, um, ended up in a place where I shouldn't have been. Um, got out of church. I ended up uh, getting covered in tattoos and everything. I, I got my ears gauged out. So when you put those big holes in your ears, um, just doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And um, part of me... You know, when you get out in the world, part of me was like, if I can make myself unappealable to the church, that when I come back, it'll give me an excuse. Because your your heart's still pulling on you. You know, uh, when you're out of church, so many times when people come in, you know, they're looking for one reason to never come back. They feel that tugging on their heart, but they're they're so convicted they have to go. But they're telling God, I need just one reason to never come back. And I feel like that was me. I, I walked into the church because I, I couldn't go another day without being in the presence of God. But that carnal mind, I was like, but just give me one reason and I'll never come back. And I remember I came into church. I was covered in tattoos. I had these big dime-sized holes in my ears. People just loved me. People treated me like I'd never left. They didn't say a word about how I was dressed, how I looked. They just loved me. And that that spoke volumes to me. Um, it was the one thing I needed in that time. Um, my pastor says it all the time. A drowning man don't need swimming lessons. He needs a life, a life raft or a life jacket. Um, that's what they threw me. They, they threw me one of those little life buoys. Said, come on in, you know. We never know what people are going through or where their mindset is when they come into church. And the first thing we want to do is just start throwing judgment and telling them how they need to live, the stuff they need to get out of their life. You know, if we'll just love them, all that stuff will straighten out. You know, God takes care of that. That's not really our place to do that. And uh, I got back in church. I got to, to, you know, things straighten out of my life received the Holy Ghost, God came in and changed things in my life. And I talked to my pastor, I said, I feel like I'm called to the ministry. And of 
course, I had done a lot of stupid things, so I had to, I had to prove myself. You know, you're not just gonna walk in off the street and step on a platform. I, I don't believe that's, you know, the way it's supposed to be. So, I spent, I spent time proving myself, and um, I remember the the first time I, you know, I thought, you know, my first sermon ad or message, it'd be, I don't know, like something little. And uh, I, I never, never, you know, ended up getting behind the pulpit at the time. He came to me and he said that um, he needed somebody to do a sermonette at the, um, what, what is it we have every year? Camp meeting. Uh, to do a sermonette at camp meeting. And it scared me to death. But I feel like it was a God thing because I got to thinking that was the same church that I was this close to giving up on my ministry. That was the first place that God put me to speak my ministry. And that's uh, a lot of that, that night I just gave my testimony. I, I got up there and I told people that, you know, I was sitting right there in that seat when God told me don't give up. And I hope that there was somebody there that night that was where I was, that was about to give up. And, you know, maybe maybe God spoke to them that night. But after that, I just, you know, I hit the floor running, just got my Bible, studied, still studying, you know. Yeah, you never outgrow the Word of God. You just stay in it. God's blessed me from it. Um, we've, we're uh, part-time evangelizing. We've been to uh, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, God's just opened doors. Uh, we've we get to do uh, children's ministry here, uh, the kids' kingdom. Uh, we get to do the radio broadcast, uh, the Shack Kids class for the young adults. Just God's opened so many doors. And when I first stepped back into ministry, I just to be honest, I didn't think anybody would take me seriously. The life that I'd lived, the, the things that I'd done, I'd made a fool out of myself, you know, for so many years. I didn't think anybody could take me seriously, but, you know, God can take anybody and use them. If, if you get anything out of this, I want you to know that you haven't done too much or gone too far for God to be able to use you. Because that, that's all he needs. He needs a willing vessel. Somebody say, you know what, I'm going to do this for you and you alone. Um, me personally, I, I, I don't know. It, it scares me to death getting behind a, a pulpit or a, a microphone or something like that. Um, it's just really not my thing. Um, but that's that's what God told me to do. And uh, I was like, well, I'll do it. I'm going to do it for you. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't want any glory of it. I, that's To be honest, uh, if you hear anything good, and it, it either came from God or probably somebody I heard it from, probably my pastor. Um, if you heard anything bad, that definitely came from me. So, um, anything else we can cover? Um, well, basically, I just want to kind of add to some things you were talking about a while ago. Um, one thing that we've talked about in the past and stuff, one thing I think how we have clicked over the years is how similar our testimonies are. Oh, yeah. We've come from similar situations. Um, you were talking about a while ago, like going through some personal battles. I've dealt with the same personal issues. Um, 
went out, got out of church, um, just doing things I knew I shouldn't have been doing. Um, but I realized real quick that that was not the life for me. Um, that was not a lifestyle I wanted to live for myself. Um, and I remember when I got back in church, I mean, I was still battling with these things, these issues. Um, and I remember I went to a, it was a new life church in Little Rock. Um, and a good friend of mine, brother Stephen Sanford came up to me and said, <clears throat> he said, God does not repent of gifts and callings and said, and told me in that moment, he said, you need to walk in a spirit of worth. And I feel like in same as you, brother Carrie, like, in those moments you don't feel like you're worthy you don't you don't feel like you're good enough because you have made mistakes you have messed up i mean you have some baggage i mean we all do everybody in this world has baggage at some point or another um but it's with the understanding that as much as we fail and we hear it most of the times like how our our righteousness is a, is a filthy rags to god um which is one of the very things we want to cover in this podcast is like talking about rags of riches. Our rags are nothing when it comes to God. Our righteousness is nothing when it comes to God. His riches and the things that he puts into our lives is all that matters. Um, we have to understand that no matter how much you messed up, no matter how many mistakes you have made or you have how many times you have fallen, grace and mercy are always there to pick you up. And grace and mercy are always there to keep you going. Um, that doesn't mean that it gives you a pass to keep sinning. And it doesn't mean it gives you a pass to keep doing the same thing you've been doing. At some point, you got to wake up and you got to live a different life. But we're all human and we all fail. We all have moments. I mean, the Bible says we all have come short of the glory of God. And so we have to understand that yeah, we may make mistakes, but just keep picking yourself back up and try to do better next time. Because and and then I think again the conversation we've had before in the past is as brothers in Christ, ministers in Christ, we have to pick each other up. If I see my brother or sister falling or uh, discouraged, it's my job to pick them up. It's my job to make sure that they can keep pressing on further and can keep doing the call of God on their life. Um, but like I said. Um, that's basically all I had to add. Basically, just like how similar our testimonies are, and just knowing that I, I know where you've come from, I know where you've been, I've dealt with the same issues, um, and so it's just it's an encouragement for myself to see somebody who's been where I've been and doing the things that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Um, it just shows that that God is still truly at work, and God is still able to use anyone He can to do His work. And so, and then, like, I, got a, I got another thought that just really hit me. You know, uh, right now it's the holiday seasons, and I'm sure, like like I am, I'm, I'm receiving a lot of uh, stuff from Amazon, a lot of packages coming in the mail, you know, and it just kind of hit me. I don't really care if UPS brings them or FedEx brings them. I want them to be on time. I want it to be quality. You know, I don't really care who brings it. Um... Yeah, I think that's kind of how God is. I don't, I don't think He cares who brings the message. Um, he just wants, He wants a delivery truck. He wants somebody that's going to be there on time. It's going to be dedicated. That's going to put the work in. Um, I think it's that simple. Um, I think God can use anybody. You just got to be willing to be used. Um, I think about, uh, I'm a lead man at work, and we got this guy 
probably one of our best workers, but he's never there. What good are you doing for my department if you ain't there? Um, same for God. What, what good are you doing for God if you're not there? Um, first of all, God, God wants dedication. Uh, it's like a relationship. You got to be dedicated. You got to, it's got to be some commitment there. The Bible talks about double-mindedness. Um, that's, that's the worst thing we can do. It, it talks about being lukewarm. I think lukewarm, lukewarm is where, you know, one minute you're you're on fire for God, and the next minute you're cold. Uh, you wanna you wanna be used in church, but you wanna be um, listening to certain things or watching certain things. You know, um, it's hard to come in front of a holy God and present yourself in a holy manner, no matter what you're being used in, whether it's ministry, um, the 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 choir or whatever, you know, it's hard to tap into that anointing if you're not feeding that into yourself, you know. If you're feeding garbage in all week, I don't feel like you're going to stand up on a platform and and pour out of the anointing. So um, a lot of it is is training at the house, you know, just getting in the presence of God outside of here. Um, I I have a six-year-old son, and when he's at school or when he's away, I miss him. I got to thinking about, you know, how does God feel during the week? Well, you know, when we get out of church and we put our Bible in the car and it sits there till Wednesday night and we get it out, and we drag it into church and we flip to the scripture that pastor says and we fold it up, put it back in the car, you know. Um, how much does God miss us during the week? Uh, how much time are we spending in the, the presence of God? I just did the uh, the YouTube thing. If, if you get the chance, check out our Souls Harbor YouTube page about about intimacy. Um, about in a, nowadays, uh, it's hard to find a truck with a, a center console or with with a bench seat. Everything has the center console, um, so you can put junk in it. You know, uh, they got the bucket seats that are real comfortable, and uh, so many times churches trading comfortable. And, and convenient. They want comfortable and convenient over that intimacy. You know, with a bench seat, your, your old lady can scoop close to you. Or your, your children can sit beside you. Uh, now we're trading in that intimacy for convenience and comfort. Right now is not the time to back up. It's not time to, you know, scoot further away. We need to be scooting closer to God. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in be fasting we need to be seeking God reading his word um, I heard I heard brother Josh Heron talking about his father uh, he's talking about how much his father reads the book the Bible and uh, I can't remember how many chapters he read a day but it, it was astonishing and uh, he, he said he wanted to hear from God more than God hears from him as far as like prayer that really spoke to me you know when you call somebody and you can't get a word in, you know. They, they just talk your head off. It's kind of discouraging. You're like, why'd you even call me? You know, I, I wonder if that's how God feels sometimes when we're praying all day and he hears from us all day, never getting his word. Um, getting in his word is one of the best things you can do. Um, honestly, if you think about Jesus when he's being tempted in the desert, the devil actually used scripture with him. He said, if you're, if you're the son of God, you can cast yourself down off this mountain and they'll 
the angels will pick you up. He said, that's what the word says. And Jesus replied back. Also said, the word says not to tempt our Lord, our God, the Lord, our God. The devil knows scripture. The devil knows that book just as good as any preacher. And he's reading that book as, as we speak, probably. He's studying up. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be studying that word. We should know that word. That's how we fight the devil. That's how we fight our enemy is through God's word. If we don't know it, it's easier for it to be twisted and confused. Um, so that's, that's probably what I'd say the, the three most important things to, to get in your life, a good prayer life, a good fasting life and reading God's Word every day. Uh, How can you hear from Him if you're not reading His Word? Well, man, uh, Gary, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, It was an awesome, awesome word, awesome testimony. Um, Like I said, we just, we need to keep, like Gary said, keep striving to get closer to God, keep striving to get God's attention. And in doing that, You'll see God moving your life into greater links and into greater chapters. Um, so, like I said, we appreciate you coming over to carry. Um, again, uh, this is the Rag the Rags the Riches podcast. Um, we will be doing these try to weekly if we can. Um, so just stay tuned, and if we uh, until next time, God bless. <laughs>